Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. Mind your business with the breakfast huddle only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. I'm Elliot Danker. It is time now for Mind Your Business. Looking back at 2022, it's been quite a dramatic year with a lot of unprecedented scenes. But, you know, the tension and drama, could it continue or will these challenges that we've been facing start to ease a little bit? Well, signs not really looking good at the moment. The timing and duration of a well-forecast recession are still difficult to call. The world is in a historic IPO drought. Uh, There's the ugly uh, attrition war that is waging on in Ukraine and regular natural resources, calamities and unsettled social structures are seemingly so-called normal for the foreseeable future, as they say, new normal, right? And with such a geopolitical roller coaster happening around the world, the long period of low cost of capital supporting fast growth, uh, fast pace growth, that is, in revenues, seems consigned to history, leaving most in investors uncertain of how economists will respond to an interest rate trajectory not seen since the 1980s. So what does this mean for startups looking at raising funds uh, in this new year? Online with me is uh, William Gilchrist, who is uh, the CEO and founder of Consig. Uh, William, good morning. How are you? Hey, Elliot. How are you? Good morning. Very good. Let's understand your company a little. Consig, I understand, is a sales as a service firm working with clients across the globe. What else can you tell Tell us about the company and its business model. Well, yeah, we're going to be celebrating our sixth birthday uh, next week. We're founded and headquartered in Singapore. Effectively, we're like a sales mercenary group. We um, do enterprise and startup um, global sales campaigns. So companies looking to go abroad or expand regionally, we're their kind of floating on-demand sales team. Mm, I like the way you put it, a sales mercenary group. Could I, out of curiosity, ask a little bit about your prior experience and how that's helped you with starting this business? Yeah, well, actually, when I first came to Singapore, I was working for a company called TSL Marketing, which does outbound sales for enterprises. So primarily doing lead generation for enterprises. And then from there, I went on the Google sales floor. So I was in Google for uh, going on about five years. And then after that, I went into the startup world in Singapore and worked in companies like TradeGecko and uh, MyDoc and things like that. And then that kind of led me to start this because I was able to see the enterprise level, the working in a large enterprise myself as an employee and then also being in a startup space. Mm, must be quite interesting when you look at the landscape today where you've got this impending recession, there's a bit of a funding freeze, inflation, of course, so much uncertainties. How have you approached 2023 going into it so far? Well, I mean, Consig as a company is traditionally anti-funding. We've never taken VC funding and we're not into funding because we're a sales organization. And if we can't show that we can't sell ourselves, then how would our clients ever trust us, right? <laughs> but when you're looking at um, a lot of our clients and a lot of companies that I interact with, you know, they are in the business of getting funding and fundraising in order to kind of do their expansion plans. Things have changed, of course, mm. due to the pandemic. But I think this was an issue long before the pandemic even started, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I like where you're going with this uh, because it reminds me of how once upon a time, a friend of mine told me that the best advice he ever received from his father was to always focus on sales. If I were to throw that to you, what are your thoughts on it? 
that's 100% it. I mean, at the end of the day, the majority of founders, I mean, even Carey Institute did this study. 92% of startup founders have never been on a sales floor before, right? And the challenge is that a lot of VCs have funded companies without, and expected them to generate revenue, without actually assessing the ability of not only the founders, but also the entire organization to put focus on the sales portion of their business, which is what really matters at the end of the day. Mm. So the ideals of team, product, market size, revenue, you know, how businesses used to use these fundamentals for for funding, does it mean that these are, are out of the window, at least during this period of time? It's not out of the window, but I think that very often people are putting sales and sales ability and sales skill sets on the back burner ah. of things like these, you know, product market fit and things like that. Okay. Although product market fit is going to be super important, at the end of the day, you're going to need a skilled and experienced sales team leader or person to be able to go out and really showcase that value proposition in a realistic way to where people are actually going to capture it. And the pandemic definitely woke people up because you couldn't just rely on branding anymore. You needed individuals to actually sit there and present a value proposition in the realest of ways because everything else was out of the window at that point. Is that perhaps a reason why, you know, you have VCs kind of holding off funding and instead it's a case of, okay, uh, go out there and show me how you're going to generate revenue. Show me a case study kind of thing. That's totally healthy. That means that you actually believe in your in your product. That mm. You believe in your service. I mean, it was herd mentality before, yeah. right? Where people were bragging about the amount of startups that they exited more than telling people what those products actually did. Right now, VCs, I think, are waking up and they're saying, okay, well, great. Can you sell this? Is this something that people really want? Don't give me user numbers and these large, you know, growth plans that you have over the next 18 months. Tell me right now, over the next six months, what are you going to close? What can happen? Is this actually something that people want? And I think the pandemic and kind of the lockdowns and, you know, the new norm has really brought that to light. So I think a lot of companies are getting exposed. Mm. I, I don't know a lot about sales. It was never a strong suit of mine, but I would imagine that as far as best practices go, you've got to know your product and your audience. What is your advice to, to some of these companies? You know, they're trying to generate funds out of sales. Where should they start? Well, it's funny you say that it's not your strong suit. It's not anybody's strong suit. There's no degree <laughs> in sales. There's a degree okay. in marketing. Yeah. There's a degree in finance. <laughs> but you never see somebody say, oh, look, I have a master's degree in sales, right? Wow. <laughs> That's yeah. something that you kind of learn on the way. I think that the biggest advice I can give to founders and just people in general, everybody in a company should focus in some capacity on sales. They need to have some form of sales skill sets. And that's just going out, talking about your product, having those conversations, understanding the value, but also listening. Listening is 80% of what sales is, is actually figuring out without any ego, do people actually want this? Why? And how do we keep them wanting this? And is it something that is nice to have or a need to have? If they can understand those things, even the janitor should know this. Mm. Then if the organization has a sales culture, then you're going to have a sales team. And also at the same time, I think VCs are going to be more comfortable giving out more funds. So this might come from a very generic sales point of view, but what are some of the worst practices? One of the worst practices I've noticed in particular is trying to sell multiple products. You know, you're afraid you might lose out instead of, you know, just focusing on one and then building that trust from there because it is also relationship building. Well, absolutely. So amateur hour is when you sell things that people don't need. Okay. If you're vegan and I'm trying to sell you a cheeseburger, that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) 
but first I need to listen, right? I need to figure out what you eat. And if I find that you're a vegan, well, then I might have some vegan options on the menu. But if I'm trying to just automatically sell you the double cheeseburger with the fries and the, and the milkshake, well, obviously <laughs> I'm not going to win that sell because yeah. I'm too busy selling it and I'm not listening. Mm-hmm. Should more layers of a company or startups be involved in sales? And by that, I mean, you of course have the salesman, the closer, but say you bring along a subject matter expert who can help enforce, you know, whatever product you're trying to sell. I think it should be diversified across the entire organization. Sales should be, sales skills, I should say, should be trained and diversified across all practices. I know product people in startups that are now studying sales so that they can make better products. The engineers as well should understand it as well to know how to put things together to where it fits the value proposition. So I think keeping things in kind of a sales narrative will allow the company to generate revenue. You might not even need funding at that point. Right? You're probably already making independent money from there. Actually, on that note, then, what do you see as far as uh, the future of funding is concerned? Say a startup that's or, or someone that's thinking about setting up a startup listening right now is probably feeling a little bit worried. What advice would you give to that person? Well, first call Consig. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, but, of course, of course, sure. <laughs> but no, if you don't call us, I would really study the art of sales. I would go out there and try to sell the product yourself. Have realistic expectations and just see how difficult it is to get a large amount of people to actually be dedicated to spend with you, mm-hmm. right? Once you have that experience, you're going to be a lot clearer in terms of your forecast, your expectations, your objectives. It's all going to be in more of a realistic light. Okay. And if we were to, you know, from there, look at pitching for funding post-COVID-19, yes, of course, sales being one thing, how can startups make sure they do this right? Well, if they do understand sales and they're going to be able to understand pipeline, which will allow for a realistic forecast. Then on top of that, when you start talking about your marketing and your branding and things like that and inbound opportunities, well, if you combine that with a really knowledgeable and clear and honest sales plan, I think VCs will be a little bit more comfortable with that conversation now. Okay. Because at least they're saying, okay, look, we know that you're going to be on the ground as the leader yourself making this happen. And that really changes the dynamic of the conversation. Mm. It constantly, we've, we've helped five different companies exit purely based on sales. Right. Right. And that is proven model to where once they can see, oh my God, they don't even need this funding, they could actually sell it on their own, mm. then that will allow for more uh, VCs to be a little bit more open. I mean, I'm curious. I mean, you talked about helping those companies. Any chance you could bring up one of the companies as a case study, what they did right and how you helped them? Well, there actually was an early stage startup that we met years ago at a coffee shop, actually. And their goal wasn't necessarily to get funding, but they were open to it. We worked with them. We actually expanded them into multiple markets, so out of Singapore. And they went into Europe, U.S., and yep, they've been acquired, actually. And all that was based on purely sales figures, pipeline, and then they started tapping on marketing from here and there on top of that. But at the end of the day, what really sold the deal was the fact that the VCs could see a realistic forecast with actual numbers. They're not you know, fluffing anything. They're not giving them, oh, I'm going to get you $10 million this year. Let's not do that. Let's go based on the deals that are being closed right now, based mm-hmm. on the trajectory month on month, this is where it's going to go. That's sales, right? It's not uh, Wolf of Wall Street fun stuff where <laughs> you just think people are going to make magic happen. It, it's, it's a little bit more scientific. 
Yeah, well, just because you can answer the question of sell me this pen, that doesn't mean you're right. a good salesman. <laughs> it's a little bit more complex. Indeed. <laughs> uh, I've been speaking with uh, William Gilchrist, who is the CEO and founder of Consig. William, I appreciate your time this morning. Take care and have a great week. Thanks so ahead. much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.